Oh yes, Eye of Newt and Tongue of Dog and all those witchy things. Welcome to the Background Noise Podcast. Ooh. Well, like he said, yeah, welcome. Uh, thank you for that, Joseph. That was very entertaining. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you don't have to lie, but thank you. This is going to be our third week of Spooky Month Jamboree. And this week we are... Let's let's see. We were Scooby Doo's. That was late sixties, early seventies. So we're jumping from there, going now to the nineties. Right, this is early nineties, right? Tubular, radical. as the bullies say. We've gone say. from groovy to radical, or you know, as the bullies say, tubular. Oh, yeah, God, that's right. <laughs> Yo, Hollywood. Yo, ho- <laughs> Yo, Hollywood. Look at this dweeb. Oh God, I tried to I tried to suppress that. Uh, well. I was going to well, say, I only just watched it, but yeah, it's been about, I don't know, an hour, and it's, it's just, oh, I, the, the 90s-ness. You could, you could distill that and sell it. If, if Hocus Pocus was a voodoo doll, and you stuck a pin in it, every single 90s kid would twitch simultaneously. Yeah, like all the millennials. All, all, all of the 90s kids would twitch simultaneously. It, it, is, it is the 90s just... Like compressed into this one package, which uh, you know it depends on if you like the '90s. That's great. If you don't like the '90s, then um, you, you're gonna really hate this. I feel like this might be a similar sort of situation where if you didn't grow up with it, watching it now would be a little strange, and you probably wouldn't get it. If I'm being honest, I grew up with it, so I didn't really get that same thing, but. The interesting thing is, I don't think that's entirely the case because I didn't watch it until I was already an adult. Oh, interesting. I watched okay. like, like 19 years old, 1920. Now, now, obviously, it's been a few years since I've first seen it, but I was already an adult first time I saw it, and I still, I still love it because because it is very much it is the perfect embodiment of 90s insanity, and I love it. Well, there you go. Then, okay. Well, that's cool. I. Yeah, I would say that's the exception, but there might be more people out there who, you know, when they were adults did still find something like, because there is something charming about this film. It's not, I mean, it's wouldn't be the writing. I'd say <laughs> nothing. <laughs> if anything, I'd probably say it's the effort, particularly from the three witch actresses. But before we get into that, uh, do you guys want to talk about it? I mean, I, Joe, you kind of went into it a bit saying when you were an adult, you first watch it. Do you want to elaborate on that? Kind of when we all first saw the film? Sure, you want to start since you watched it the earliest? Maybe I did. I, is it was this your first time, Joseph? Ah, uh, yeah. This is the again. That's it's right. it's a bit like the Matrix in that it was very, uh, you know, very adjacent to like what I was like, the stuff I was watching, or or it, like got mentioned so much. Just sort of like, okay, well, I've seen I've seen the Halloween costumes in like Party City or stuff. And, you know, and I saw the, just like, saw the other things for the Matrix. And then this is just sort of like, yeah, I mean, it was there. I just, you see, I was more of a, more of a, when Halloween was around when I was a kid, I was more of a Cartoon Network guy. Scary Godmother fan base, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> shout out in the comments. We don't have comments. Okay. <laughs> when we mind. get comments, shout out. <laughs> but yeah, I was, it was a little, it was a little more on on that instead of hocus pocus but uh what is it 
I can see why people would be. It's definitely got that. <laughs> it's got the same zaniness as like kind of other Halloween specials or whatever. It's like it, a good word for this is zany. And mm. you can definitely tell a lot of people had, you know, the the actors, the just kind of this seems like this seems like a fun movie and i could be completely wrong it could be like those behind the scenes things where it's like yeah this movie took like 20 years off of my you know 20 years off of my life it was terrible to work on but it's like everybody seems to be having fun and Mm -hmm. it really shows it's it does seem like the perfect like oh it's not halloween break but you know i guess oh it's the the week before Halloween or something, or they let us off early on Halloween, and oh, Hocus Pocus is on. This is the best day ever. Yep, I think that's that's probably that makes sense. Um, I think for me, I probably watched it. It would have been late grade school or middle school. I think when I first watched it, and don't really have a ton of memories aside from. I remember just enjoying it. It was fun. I think the best word to describe it personally, I think it's probably campy. It definitely seems kind of campy now, the humor. Um, but I definitely remember liking it. Revisiting it now, definitely, I don't think I enjoy it as much as I did growing up. But there are definitely still some elements that we'll talk about that I still enjoy and appreciate about the film. Hmm. Yeah, and I, like I said, I do, I didn't watch it until I was already in college. It was with a group of people where, you know, we were watching dumb movies for Halloween and we were just going down people's lists of favorite dumb Halloween movies. And and by dumb Halloween movies, I don't mean like, I don't mean that all of them were hocus pocus because also on that list were things like nightmare before Christmas and, and other, you know, other normal other movies that are like in the popular culture of Halloween and so that one happened to be recommended. And I was like, I haven't seen this one before. And I saw it. And I think, I think I'm actually in the same boat where you're at, Jack. Of like, I think if, if I had seen it as a kid first, I would love the movie. But because I saw it when I was adu- an adult first, I was like, this is fun. Uh, campy is definitely the, the appropriate description. It's definitely campy. Um, but because it's campy, I can't enjoy it as much as I could if I had seen it first time as a child. Yeah. So that's that that's kind of where we're at. Um, cool. I feel like now, I mean, we don't really have a super tight uh, layout for this. I feel like at this point, we simply go through like things that we liked and then go into things that we didn't. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, anybody want to go first? We can, like start with what we liked, and then we can go into what we didn't. Well, you you brought it up, I think already. Definitely, the three uh, actresses doing the witches' performances is very solid. Like I, whatever direction they were given was exactly the right direction. Like they they are exactly the right level of insane. Like because it's they're they're definitely not all there. <laughs> You know they're they're not all together. They're not uh, they're not very stable individuals. But it works for this movie because it's campy and because it's zany. They're just like they're just being ridiculous. There is a little bit of um, they play a little bit fast and loose with how much information they should have about the modern world. Like like yep. there's the very famous everyone knows. Uh, I put a spell on you. 
excellent song, mm-hmm. great Halloween song. Um, but they they very quickly adapt to the fact that microphones are a thing that exist and that you can sing into them. And also they very quickly adapt to the fact that nobody believes that they're witches and they can pretend to put a spell on you in a song and actually do it and nobody will believe them. Which is like, okay, they're not intelligent enough to figure this out. And somehow they knew that uh, driver's licenses exist because you have the witch pulling up next to... uh, I can't remember the main boy's name, but yeah, going up yeah. next to him, uh, saying, let me see your driver's license. It's like, <laughs> that would not have been a thing 300 years ago. Yeah. So it is funny what they will uh, have the witches be ignorant of and the other things they just happen to have picked up within the few hours that they've been alive. Right. So it's kind of funny. I do think it's, I don't know whose idea it was, but I feel like, I mean, it happens, it's, it's quite a few times where it'll be like, so we can cut back to the witches so they give them something to do let's give them something they're not familiar with and see how they interact with it they do that quite a few times and um when there's not like an action scene that's what they will do like to cut in between the adventure with the main kids Hmm. um and the witches like that's what they'll do it's like it was just kind of interesting that that's what they would do with the time so i mean i feel like you know once or twice would be fine but i feel like it was just at times, after a while, it felt like they were just doing it sort of fill in the time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the two most obvious ones are the bus scene and the scene where they see the guy who's dressed in a devil costume. Like, the, those scenes don't actually add anything to the plot of the movie. It's just showing them being dumb and interacting with the modern world. Right. Which, you know, like, you can have one of them, but both of them is like, okay... They're like, yeah, we if we know we know what the people want. Let's let's give them the uh, uh, check check the writers. What is it? The bus scene? You sure we can do that one? Yeah, it's, it's the witches. Yeah, it's fine. We, you know what? Yeah, people like the witches. I think I don't know about the bus scene, but I think at least the scene with the devil guy in the costume, the guy playing him. I want to say that was almost one of those sort of fun cameo things i think the guy playing him was some actor director from you know years before this who was popular and so putting him back in was just a fun nod to people who would have recognized him Mm. i think that's what that was but one of those for the parents things i think so honestly Mm. so fair enough Uh, yep yeah yeah yep 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 after some uh, quick research, uh, yeah, he's a him, uh, him and the uh, Lady Medusa, or you know, his wife. Uh, they were, yeah, they were uh, both. I think both directors, like, or he's the director, and that's it. Yeah, they're they're. She was an actress. He was mainly a director. Huh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Cool. I think uh, going back to the wishes, something that's very interesting is what's interesting with a lot of things that they say, if you listen to it, like the dialogue itself, I don't think is that funny, but how the witches say it is what's funny. Oh yeah. Delivery is half the battle and they do that very well. Especially uh, the witch Sarah, who's played by Sarah Jessica Parker. I think she was in particular, probably the funniest of the three in my Mm -hmm. opinion. 
And what's funny is looking at her filmography, I think I've seen one other film of hers and she was meh, but like, yeah, uh, she's not that good of an actress from what I've seen. <laughs> Highlight of her career is Hocus Pocus. That's, that's a high note, really. Somehow, and I think very few people can say that. <laughs> it's not the compliment that you think it is. <laughs> right. But, but yes, she does play an absolutely insane person very well. Um, and then also, I'm assuming she actually sang Come Little Children? That is a good question. I do not know. Okay. I, I mean, because... Want- if she did, that's a that's a very well sung song. Yeah, uh, that was her. Okay, that actually. Thank you. So, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna be the be the lore master here. Fantastic. Good. Good. Gotta have one. Both of those songs are far better than they have any right to be for the quality of movie that they're in. Which which is a very classic Kenny Ortega thing, right? Yes. We we uh, Jack and I talked about this before the podcast that. Um, after this movie, Kenny Ortega realized that his strong suit was making musicals, but he was only doing it making movies. And so he realized that he needed to have the barest, thinnest, like tiniest bit of plot possible that you could use to string together musical numbers. And, and he'd have all these great musical numbers with excellent choreography that made no sense within the reality of the universe. But it's okay because they're awesome and you want to you want to listen to them and you want to watch them and you want to go and download the musical and uh, music the soundtrack and listen to it a hundred times on repeat. Uh, and this this is the movie where he figured that out. So that's what he wanted to do. What's interesting with Ortega, um, just looking at his filmography, his first film was Newsies, so that makes sense. That's right up his alley. Um, and then he did this, not sure why he did that. I mean, I guess he was already associated with Disney anyway. He's like, you know what, maybe I'll take, I'll do a film with songs, but take less of a musical approach than Newsies was. Hmm. He did it. And I mean, it did not do well at the box office. I'll just say that right now, but I'll get into why later. But, um, I think the highlights, like you mentioned, were the songs and something that you'll probably notice is when the witches walk around they're very much in sync um and i yep. definitely think that's a, an ortega thing he, with uh synchronized movement and dancing he definitely likes that a lot and the original pieces like you said and so that's when we get things like high school musical and all of that when he's like yep yeah, this is where i'm strong let me just focus on that and he did very well for himself and then i guess the descendants film with his more recent trilogy so yep oh he did that too mm-hmm. yes he did which is exactly does have what- a type he has a he has a type which is uh, high school kids that have to go and deal with some problem while singing about it while, while there are songs in the background. Something I'd be very interested to see. I don't know if he's written a book or not. It's like, did Kenny Ortega go to high school, and if so, what was his experience? <laughs> yeah, you see, I played basketball one year, then I went into the band one year, then I went to the theater another year, and well, in the end, I brought them all together. <laughs> Yes, but the entire time I was secretly uh, the descendant of magical fairy tale characters, and also I accidentally lit a candle that caused these witches to come back to life. And I may have killed them in this giant oven that we had access to in the high school. Yes. Oh yeah, fun fact about that horrific thing. Mercy. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. It's like, you know, we've seen worse, but again, it's like 12-year-old watching that, it's like, oh, 
okay. Or 10 year old watches that. Okay. Uh, they, they, they died. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I guess like darn that was, that was also, that's a uh, kiln for firing clay. Yeah. yeah. Never also, seen a full room one. I mean, plot convenience. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> how wealthy is that school that they have a they kiln that large? But I mean, the thing, the building's huge. The prison for children, if it were again, I, it's, it's yeah. jokes like that and stuff like that. That makes me, th- that makes me think it's just like, yeah, this is, this is the, this is the perfect like after school Halloween thing or whatever. Yeah, it's very yeah. There's very much a uh, high middle school high school oriented movie. Um, I should, probably more middle school for middle schoolers looking into high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this this is this is a good one for that. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yes, it has it has exactly. I, I remember a lot of movies growing up that had the same vibe of these are movies that are made for middle schoolers about high school and high school was nothing like those movies there, there was never an opportunity that i had to go into the sanderson sisters house and go light a candle and accidentally summon them back into the real world like that right. never... brag about it why don't you Ugh. i was very disappointed actually i wish <laughs> zero I wish... stars would not recommend <laughs> zero zero out of ten would not recommend my high school this isn't anything <laughs> like hocus pocus at all yeah exactly um, also, I, I going back to the kiln. I appreciate how the the girl she sees an oven in an alleyway and then looks at the others and says, "I have an idea." And you can almost see the psychopath growing behind her <laughs> eyes as she thinks, "I'm going to go and set these three people on fire and kill them." And there's no remorse. There's no hesitation. They're just we're going to go for it. It's self-defense, but don't you think it's kind of overkill, though? <laughs> well, apparently not, because it didn't actually kill them. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The minute that happened, and it's like, oh, yeah, the green smoke, and then I looked at the runtime, and was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the first of three endings that that movie has. <laughs> right? They're like, yeah, we won. Oh, wait, everyone's still dancing. The cat's uh, still alive. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that well, also made me wonder: Did they address that thing? It's like the whole, the. Oh, I, I like that the fact that it was like you know, back in the back in the day, it was like one of the things that people thought witches could do was induce like what is it the you know dancing mania. That's why people you know if you if you ever you know see a a property that's talking about like you know it's like oh we were just dancing in the woods well it's like it was a phenomenon it was like dance mania that people mm-hmm. would just i guess i don't know i don't don't ask me how to how it happened but it was like you know they they just like you know keep dancing and acting crazy till they died of exhaustion in mm-hmm. you know groups so that's that's kind of why i guess pe- uh, people in like witch-related media take that so seriously. So I was like, oh, it's a different time. Hey, it was, but it was also a different time where stuff like that could kill you. Hmm. Yeah. Really weird. But, you know, again, here I am with a not-so-fun fact again. I do I do appreciate um, there. there's a different... Like, nowadays, if I, if I think of a quote-unquote witch character who is the most relevant to our modern day it would be scarlet witch right from from marvel 
So that's fair. Either either Scarlet Witch or maybe uh, the weird live action Netflix Sabrina series, which I don't recommend. It's terrible. Don't watch it. Um, but like those would be the two that come to mind. And I feel like this this movie also has a is grounded in a different understanding of magic. Like it, it's it comes from a time when people had a different we had a different pop culture understanding of magic than what we do now because now we think of magic in the Harry Pottery, Scarlet Witchy uh, sense of anyone can do magic and it, it not anyone can do magic but like it, in the in the worlds of the in the yes and yes. the pop culture worlds yeah yeah. And and that was a very different understanding that that like the understanding that people had of magic that is implicit in Hocus Pocus, like that's in the cultural background of people watching that for the first time, is how most people used to treat magic. Mm. And now now we live in a time where, mostly because of Harry Potter, we've reshaped uh, the way we think of things, which is interesting. Something. On that note, something to be interesting to look into would be before the Harry Potter films and the books became such a huge phenomenon, did you really have any films or media where the witches or wizards were the not only the protagonists, but you know, seen as the hero of mm. the story? How popular was that, or was that even a popular version of that before Harry Potter sort of made it a thing? Oh when when did things like Kiki's Kiki's delivery service come out? That was early '90s, so or that, late '80s. Hang on, I gotta get this right. Yeah, because that would that would have been if it was early '90s. That would would have been before Harry Potter. Kiki's That's delivery good point. service. Kiki's that's '89. '89. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely so. Th- so there would be a few. There'd be a couple then. Okay. But it wouldn't wouldn't have been the default perception. Yeah. And I guess it wouldn't have affected the U.S. until Harry Potter would be my assumption. Oh, this because, is this is I one mean, of Kiki, them animus, isn't it? Yes. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. You've never watched Kiki's Delivery Service? No, because I'm not a filthy weeb. I'm kidding. It's just because I've never heard of it's it. It's a Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's about yeah, growing I've... up. Yeah, it's about, it's about growing up, up except there's witches. Well, it's about a witch. It's about a witch growing up. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't she lose her magic in that movie? Yes, and then she starts to get back is she finds her purpose i think yeah something like that yeah right. yeah that's which is not about hocus pocus we're we've gotten very far off into the movies. ghibli's another time we'll do ghibli films another time yes uh, listen we're mainly focused on the vibes and the feels yeah. and all those other fancy words because again like we've said it's you know this is more this movie represents more of a kind of a feeling or a mindset since mm-hmm. i mean not like it's like oh you have to be in a certain state of mind to enjoy. no you don't need to be in any state of mind <laughs> to kind of enjoy it you just kind of have to hop on and be there for the ride i mean you it probably can, is one of those sorry what were you, saying? You, you can roll out of bed and be half asleep and still watch this movie and, and get most of it <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say if you're high the higher you are the more you might enjoy it but <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about states of mind. Play, play a drinking game. Every time the Sanderson sisters do something stupid, take a shot, you'll be dead by the first 10 minutes. <laughs> but I'm using water. Exactly. Yes, you'll drown. <laughs> uh. 
one uh one character that i actually have a game here in a second i just came up with so this will be fun but after um one character that his entire arc really doesn't make any sense why he i mean i get why he was put in there but if you think about his characters doesn't really make any sense billy butcherson <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, okay. You're gonna analyze the plot arc of uh, the character growth of. Azam. It take too long to analyze all of them, but just Billy Butcherson. It's like first off, they shouldn't have been able to use the magic in the graveyard to bring him alive anyway, because it was the magic of graveyard, which we talked about. Yeah, um, yeah you, well, you, I told you this. The, yes. The, the whole reason, the whole reason that the witches can't get this is another thing of like a cultural understanding of magic that we that people used to have that we don't anymore, like. A church graveyard was sacred ground, was hollowed ground, right? And because of that, that's that's why the witches can't right. sit in there because it's sacred ground, so they're not allowed to go there. But the whole reason it's it, you didn't make the ground sacred to keep witches out. You made the ground sacred so that zombies and and restless spirits wouldn't come back. And so, because it's sacred ground, the zombie shouldn't work. It doesn't even make any sense. Right. But Joe, they said the spell while they were flying in the air. It's like PEMDAS. It cancels each other out. No. Right? <laughs> not this time. Not that's, this time. That's not how that works. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, the, I mean, just him coming alive. That's just, there's already a problem there. But the whole thing that he eventually decides not to, you know, hand the boy over to the witches. But like the entire time he's, acts like he can't be bothered with what the witches say but he does it anyway it's like why is he even doing what they said if he doesn't like them? <laughs> actually that's another thing i think that's actually another thing about a, a weird cultural understanding of magic like because because his mouth is shut he can't express himself and it's it's a thing of like because he can't express himself he has to do what he's told even if he doesn't want to and then once he's able to express himself, he is. And and I'm not giving the movie credit for like having this complex idea. I'm thinking, no, I, thinking I think that there was a understanding of like this is one of those like the, these weird association things that you see in in the older understanding of magic. That like oh because because you can't do this that's symbolically because you can't do this one thing that's symbolic you can't do these other act, other things. Yeah. So I think I think that might be what's going on there. And again, I'm not giving the movie credit for coming up with that. I'm right. thinking like people just maybe understood that and that just made sense. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. And he was fine just, you know, to give the characters somebody to run away from when the witches yeah. were busy singing and uh, being wowed by the 20th century. Oh, but... yeah. He's the he's the agency. Agency man. Yeah. Agency zombie. There we go. Agency zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they chose a great person to do him. Doug Jones has done, you know, a bunch of character actors. I mean, like Hellboy, he was in that. He was in Pan's Labyrinth um, in the film. Hopefully we'll never talk about it on the podcast. He plays Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four 2. So, um, the be- even- honestly, the best, even if we don't talk about it. As quick tangent, uh, good casting. Doug Jones as the physical actor for Silver Surfer and Lawrence Fishburne for The Voice. Very good. Okay, go on. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think that's about all I have to say about Hocus Pocus. Uh, <laughs> unless you guys have anything else you want to say, I was going to throw the game out there. Sure. I, I... Uh, the, the game or, or your or your comments? Cause I, we'll do the trivia I later. Oh, that sounds good. All right. So quick game. Pretty simple. They announced they're making a Hocus Pocus sequel. Oh, no. And so basically just in the you know quick 
30 seconds to a minute, just your pitch, either what you think it's going to be about or what you'd want it to be about. Okay. Do we have a little bit of time to think? You have a little bit of time. So you don't, I'll start the timer. All right. Hold on. During the time while you're thinking, I can throw some trivia out there. So then we can just sort of end it with this pitch then. Some interesting trivia. Uh, with this film was it was originally released in July of 1993 by Disney because <laughs> uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was also released that same year and they did not want to be competing with themselves. Ooh. So that was kind of interesting. All right. And oh, sorry, Jack, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, uh, and because of that, it did fail the box office because nobody wants to see a Halloween film uh, during July. What? Just saying. No way. I can't believe it. Gotta be some, there's got to be some alternative reason. It was review bombed, wasn't it? Like before anyone ever saw it. It, it scored low on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. Before Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. It before scored low on Rotten Tomatoes. Of course. All right, Joe, you have 30 seconds starting now. Okay. So the daughter or son or kid of the main of the main boy who has now married the girl obviously because it's it's 20 years later and they've married and they have a kid and they're telling their kid about the story of this time when they met and it's uh, the sanderson sisters and the kid doesn't believe it she's like let's say girl she doesn't believe it um and so she finds the book because we found at the end of the movie the book is still alive yep and she finds the book and reads off a spell from it sarcastically just like, just like her dad would have lit the candle sarcastically, uh, reads of a spell sarcastically, and it brings the witches back. And then shenanigans ensue. And now it's a 21st century, and they have to deal with the 21st century. All right, Joe, 43 seconds. Uh, we're going to have to shave off that last 13 seconds. Uh, you're fired. Uh, all right, yeah. Well, let's bring, it, bring in another writer. Give, give me a 30-second pitch then, sir. <laughs> all right. And go. Well, you see, there's uh, we we open on the graveyard. There's the dust there. It's been it's been twenty years, and then there's there's the wind, and then there's like you said, there's the daughter of these two. I can't even remember their names. It's like so. This is where it happened. I don't believe you. And then they, she throws down some kind of I don't know some kind of modern technology phone thing, and it brings them back to life somehow because it scanned the 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 uh, magic Necronomicon thing, and then they're back and they have to deal with the twenty first century, and then they get them by uh, exposing them to five G waves. Oh, okay. Yeah, thirty-one. Oh, Thirty-two seconds. <laughs> they exposed them both to five G. <laughs> Listen, I got desperate. I feel like mine is a more coherent idea. Mine would be more zany. Therefore, it's more in spirit with the first one. Yeah, but this is twenty-first century, right? This is a twenty-first. This is a a twenty-twenties. Uh, we're we're going for a we're going for a modern hocus pocus. Oh crap! Is it? It's closer oh, to yeah. 93. 93. Well, see, that still that still works for my for like the pitch sure. of how much later. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Despite the fact that they, you know, the main guy and girl had very little chemistry to begin with, and they were supposed to develop romantic feelings over this entire film. Um, yes, they ended up together because it makes sense. Um, well, by makes sense, we mean it has the movie logic of if you have a main male actor, if you have a main male character and you have a main female character who aren't currently dating anyone else, they will be dating each other by the end of the movie. Right. Well, that's that's it makes sense in Hollywood. Terms. Yes. So um, what was I going to say? I guess should I do my pitch they, now? They were, they were running for their lives the whole time. So it's like, a, what is it? 
I can't remember the term, but it's like, you know, what is it? it's like somebody saves you from like getting hit by a bus and like the adrenaline makes you think you're, it's not like makes you think you're in love with them or so it's something like that. I, I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. Term, but, but yeah, that sort of thing. But They've just been doing that for 20 years. <laughs> They've just been saving each other from getting hit by buses and getting killed by witches for the last 30 years. <laughs> That's how they keep the spark alive. Yes. Uh, shoot, I gotta come up with that, don't I? Um, if I was gonna do it... Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Head. Gotta get the timer. Uh, go. I mean, it'd probably be a similar thing. I like the whole idea of what Joe was saying of having the kid and then bringing them back because you obviously have to bring the three witches back somehow. So them doing that in a sarcastic way similar to the parents, I think that makes sense. The only additional thing I would add on a more comedic tone uh, would be the whole we were mentioning how the mom um, was somehow <laughs> she started to get a little crazy with wanting to burn all the three women alive in the <laughs> oven. So her um, turn to insanity um in the past 30 years would be interesting to see and uh how that has progressed and whether or not she's be- perhaps become a witch herself or whether or not they're able to bring her back to normal if you know we can't visit your mother on halloween she gets aggressive <laughs> especially you can't let her cook anything <laughs> it just becomes straight up jumanji it's like she's locked herself in her house terrified of ovens she hates uh, Halloween. She's moved away out of Salem. If somehow I could fit the bullies into it, I would, because they were very fun side characters. Again, they were goofy, but they were a lot of fun. And probably one of the main things I remember from Hocus Pocus growing up was quoting what the bullies said with my siblings, just because they were so dumb and ridiculous. But they were they were fun. Yeah. So it was the good dumb. It was a good dumb, exactly. They they are entirely non-threatening as actual as actual bullies. <laughs> but yeah, he shaved the about... letters into the back of his head. Does that not intimidate you at Dude, all? Dude, that's really? ice. <laughs> I'm ice. Get it? Like vanilla. <laughs> my, I think it Max is Max the name of the, the boy. The main yes. yeah, because the yeah. other guy's like Thackeray or something. Thackeray, I think it's Thackeray. Thackeray I feel like, it feels oh. like the sound of hairball. Like it feels like the the, the name of a hairball. Thackeray. <laughs> um, there's there's a point where Max is confronted. He's riding through the graveyard on, on his bike, and the two bullets confront him. Like, well, what am I gonna do with my afternoon? I don't know. Learn to breathe through your nose. <laughs> Get a better haircut. <laughs> well, that too. Um, well, I love that the other bully laughs at it because he's the worst. Yes. Jay and Silent Bob knock off looking. Silent <laughs> Ice. Oh, no. You know, okay, those, the, those two actors, you know who they remind me of? Yeah, Jay and Silent they Bob? Remind, they remind me of in the live action version of Hercules when when pain and panic turn into like boys and so they, they, they shapeshift into, into human beings. For a scene, like for some reason, they gave me the same vibes. I don't know if I'm just crazy or not. Live action Hercules. Are you talking about the Wayne Johnson one? Hercules. Did I say live action? You did. I think you did. The animated yeah. Hercules movie. Oh, okay. The, the Dibney one. I wouldn't surprise. Would surprise me if they tried to make a live action one. Hey. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. But sorry, I I misspoke. When, when gotcha. the Disney in okay. the Disney Hercules movie is what I meant to say. Um, pain and panic when they change into like because they like are trying to trick Hercules for some reason. 
though those two those character models looked like they were designed on like, <laughs> as younger versions of those two guys of those two bullies. See now, I want to see what year Hercules came. I don't remember. Now, now, now I might be completely off base. It could be just be that my memory is wrong. It was ninety seven. I don't know. Yeah. It was in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. They released Hercules, so maybe it's, uh, it's the director was a big Hocus Pocus fan. Oof. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it fits with the times. It's just like the two goofy sidekicks and whatnot. They, they still the the cinema still hadn't grown out of that phase. Yeah. Thirty years later, there it'd be funny if they were still in those cages. Oh yeah, because <laughs> nobody caught they're them. They're not out. dead. They're just old. It's... <laughs> they're just old and sad. Please let us out. And can I have your can I have your dad's shoes back? <laughs> Yo, they're bringing uh, them back. They're bringing back the Converses or whatever they were. Well, they were Nikes. Know, oh, the Nikes. Reason, the reason why we're getting a remake, or not a remake, the reason why we're getting a sequel to Hocus Pocus is because the nostalgia wave has hit that point. Mm-hmm. Like the nostalgia wave keeps cycling, and we've reached that that point. So, speaking of that, the as for my second random trivia thing, the reason that it has become so nostalgic was even though it did badly at the box office years later. Both channels like Disney, uh, Disney Channel, Fox, and uh, ABC Family started airing it during their Halloween runs uh, mm. on the cable networks, and that's how it got popularity, and that's how it became the classic it is today through cable. It wasn't through the movie theater run. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of the movies that are staples of a particular season are. You keep seeing the TV reruns around that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, unless you guys want to add anything, I think we can pretty much uh, give our official rankings and wrap yeah. it up. There is one other thing that I wanted to complain about because it was so annoyingly obvious in the movie. It was it was just hitting you over the head with all of the innuendos. It's just constant. Yeah. It's it's. There's a point where it it goes through multiple levels where it's kind of funny and then it gets annoying and then you come through and you're like, okay, now it's kind of funny again. And then it and then it goes down again. And you're like, and you're once more you're just frustrated with it constantly being in your face. And that was right. that was another very 90s thing of like we don't we we have the standard that you can't explicitly say things, but we have no standard on how much you can reference these things. Right. You have all these, you know, films we're trying to be like, okay, we can't say it. We're going to get as close to the line as we can. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to just like dance on the line. Right. <laughs> right there. You know what we're saying, but we can't say it, but we're going right. to get, the, we're going to push the line as much as possible. But we're still PG. We're still PG. We're still PG. Yeah. Right. Well, and, listen, and then, guys. Cause then like the stuff that they do in that movie would have been PG 13 in the two thousands. Oh, right. easily. Yeah. There's like a there's like a change in the perspective on what is okay. And then and now we live in an age when you can just you can just be openly explicit about everything and nobody cares. Well, people care, but nobody says anything. Right. Uh, Hollywood doesn't care. Hollywood doesn't care. But it, it's so it's just it's it's another one of those things that's very nineties and very in your face and and makes it very painful to watch. Right. Agreed. 
All righty. I guess it's time for our uh, 10 star ranking. Is that right? Uh, yeah, or, or out of 10. Or yeah, out of 10. Yeah, and we're not all giving it 10. It's not there. We'll, you, we'll use Joe's use scale. Yeah. If, if oh, there people we still go. wish. So. Oh, yeah. We, we still haven't. Uh... We still haven't made a poster out of that or whatever. One day. get uh, some, One of our many fans, if you get on that, that'd be great. But what, what, what we'll do, the first, the first piece of You know of who merch, you are, super fan slash advertising head. Yeah, the first piece of merch that we sell will be a poster of the U-Scale with all of my rankings of movies where I've placed them on, on the scale. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> Either that or like our rankings for the films we've done on this podcast. Yes. No, no, yeah. That's what I meant. Like the rankings, the rankings. Yeah. Because it's my scale. Obviously it's going to be my rankings. Right. Look at this guy. Or it could be the average or it could be our averages. I guess that works too. Yeah. Glory hound. Watch. We're all going to come up with our letters that we use for scales. (laughs) Oh, this is my C scale. Uh, You have to turn it sideways though. Uh, I'm just going to have an I because then it's all straight down. (laughs) (laughs) This just seems like a normal ranking with extra steps. (laughs) No, no, no. It's an I. It's very much an I. Guys, you don't get it. I I, I don't. You're right. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh. All right. Go for it. Give us a ranking. I would say how... If I had seen it earlier in life, I, it would probably be like, a, by now, it would be like a negative eight or nine. But because I saw it when I was older, I'm going to say negative six, some, somewhere, six, negative six, six or seven. Um, so I guess negative six and a half. That would be, that would be the halfway point. Because it's right. like, it's funny. It's, it's, not, it's not something that you genuinely enjoy. It's something that you enjoy because it's the season and because it's funny. And you yeah. kind of ironically enjoy it. So... Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't plan on seeking this movie out again to watch it. But if it's like, you know, if it's on, I don't know. There's some. I was gonna say if I'm at some Halloween party, but I don't. I don't go to parties. <laughs> We're doing a podcast. We don't. We don't get invited. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Jack. But yeah, uh, it's, it's looking more like a. Looking more like a negative four. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is cool, but it's sort of like, you know, the just the distilled nineties leaves the not a bad taste. It's not it's not too overt, but it's sort of like, ah, well, you know, it's not bad. It's I I, I apparently or apparently I definitely had uh, higher expectations considering that I was heckled for not <laughs> seeing it. I actually was kind of surprised that you uh, heckled, like Joe, that you heckled Joseph just because you hadn't watched it when you were younger. So I'm surprised you have such an affinity for it. Yeah, you um, saved that bombshell for so. this podcast, didn't you? I see. Yes, yes, I, I know how it is. The, the oh, drama, the drama alert. Get Keem on the. No, if. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I since I was the only one who grew up with it. Um, me thinking about it. Depending on how nostalgic I feel, I think the highest I would ever give it, I'm still not used to using the negative scale, so I'm not going to bother with it. Just on a 1 to 10 scale, depending on how nostalgic I'm feeling, and again, if probably if I was watching with my family, the highest I'd give it would be a 6. The mm-hmm. highest. That's fair. Um, so, and I guess using like, you know, a star scale, like 5 stars being the highest, and you have half stars, all that would be like, you know, max 3 stars. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty so. good. And I forgot to bring this up. I mean, you know, here at the very end, and I've f- forgotten my for, forgotten my big thing. But it's like this, even on a you know technical level, we ignore the we ignore the zany feel. I mean, it's hard to because you know, in the end, the the feel of the movie's tied into the how the technical like technical aspects are executed and whatnot. But it's it's a technically you know pretty pretty good movie again it's got it's got some of the uh kind of tropes and tricks of the 90s in terms of camera work and stuff but the set design and like the production value I, at first i thought this was like a disney tv movie and i was like wow this is this is like actually a high quality production or something and then i realized it's released in theater just like all right yeah that makes more sense but again it's still i mean for like a, 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 again it's like a kid, teen, tweet, whatever you want to call it, you know, for a kid's movie, it's like, you know, they put a lot of, they put a lot of effort into this. Even the, even the mid nineties CG talking cat face isn't that bad. No, that's, that's a fair point. The effects in the film are not nearly as bad as they could have been. Oh yeah. They hold up surprisingly well. Yeah, if if they if the effects didn't hold up as well as they did, this movie would have lost probably two points in my on my scale. Oh, de- definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. agreed. Yeah, I would make sure no one I knew ever watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Hocus Pocus isn't that? No, no, it's nothing. No, it's not a movie. It's Move on. We're nothing gonna watch scary. Here. We're gonna watch the pinnacle of '90s animation, Scary Godmother. <laughs> not again. <laughs> Please, uh, if there are scary Godmother fans out there, please reach out to Joseph. He's very desperate for a friend right now. Please do. <laughs> I, know, I know there's literally dozens of us. There's literally <laughs> it's a real disease that affects literally dozens of us. Uh, yeah, well, that was that was a. I would say most of the enjoyment from this one for me came out of the viewing experience. Joe knows a little bit what I'm talking about, but yeah, the viewing experience was as fun as the movie for me. So yeah. you see, it's been a busy week, and well, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to watch it until uh, today. It was it today's Sunday? And I started watching it on the way to uh, one place for lunch. I wasn't I wasn't looking at the video driving down the road. I was listening to it. I know that's that's definitely quality viewing, but yeah, don't worry, I was safe. And then when I got there, I came in watching it on my phone. I was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm watching Hocus Pocus. It's for my, uh, not job, hobby. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, f- that's fine. And then was it? I just sat down at the table. A couple of the people started watching it. It's like, oh, I've never seen this either. And that helped me feel better, Joe, since, it, you know, since I'm not the only one who's seen it now <laughs> or not seen it. <laughs> and then I watched that through lunch on my phone. And then it's like, it went to the... Was it went to the TV? It's like going back and forth. I got like a hot dog in one hand and a, you know chips on it, so I can have the most efficient meal while I'm watching this movie. And then I'm listening to it again, driving back home to record this. And again, we're going to reveal a little bit of movie magic. I had the volume low enough that I just finished it ten minutes into our show, and I gotta say. <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> Ten stars for effort. Yes. Ten stars, stars for yeah. effort. Honestly, that's the best viewing experience possible for this movie. That's <laughs> it, fantastic. It really is, though. I was, have, I felt like I was being chased by Billy Butcher. It was amazing. 
was a true uh, immersive experience. Fantastic. Well, (laughs) I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, Next week... We're going to watch Dune. Yeah, we're going to watch Dune. And uh, we're going to come back to you with that and our take on that and possibly have a guest with us. So, first guest. And so that uh, will be a surprise. So anyway, thanks so much for listening as always, where if you did, of course, we appreciate you. And if not, uh, you didn't miss anything. Yep. Make sure if you uh, weren't listening, good job. And if you were, get back to work. All right. There you go. All righty. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. I'm Doug Jones.